Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is up, everybody? Welcome into Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast, brought to you by... Tops Friendly Markets, your your neighborhood store with more barbecues, tailgating, or on a road trip to see your favorite team, wherever the football season finds you. Make sure to stop at Tops for the best deals in town, from fresh meat to locally grown produce. Tops has everything you need and so much more for mealtime, snack time, or anytime. Tops at your table since 1962. We are set up at the table here inside Highmark Stadium, right? Uh, on the uh, at the top of the press box here, looking out where almost 36,000 fans were in attendance to watch the return of the blue and red, the scrimmage, uh, which actually was kind of nice for fans, a little bit of a changeup from recent years where they've done a little bit more drills. This was almost a full scrimmage for almost the entire time, the offense going against the defense. I think fans had a, a really fun time here tonight. It was their introduction to Von Miller. Uh, he came out here. He didn't practice, but he he did take it all in. And he said, I've been in a lot of places, some special places, and but Buffalo is just different. And he could feel the vibe in here. I mean, it's a practice, and they had 36,000 in here tonight. Yeah, it was pretty wild, Matt. Listen, the, the entire lower bowl was pretty much uh, completely full at one point tonight. This did not look like it was going to be a scrimmage or a practice. This looked like it was almost a regular season game with the lines outside. Uh, the, the fans brought it tonight. The Bills – to, to their credit, like you said, it was mostly a scrimmage for the entire two hours. You know, Sean McDermott kind of alluded it was going to be more uh, scrimmage than practice, but I don't think any of us envisioned that it was going to go the entire, uh, for the majority of the entire two hours. Let's get started at the top with, you know, probably your biggest takeaway and Gabriel Davis and Khalil Shakir kind of taking uh, the headlines in terms of uh, the big plays, couple of touchdowns for those guys. I thought Shakir's touchdown was kind of a continuation of what we've seen from him in training camp. He's been really reliable uh, with his hands. He gets pretty good separation. I think the route running ability is something that Josh Allen made sure to uh, shout out when he was asked about Shakir the other day. And he gets in here today. And listen, he's going up against Tim Harris, uh, fringe roster guy, going to be fighting for a practice squad job probably. Sure. But he makes a good could play on the ball and in front of you know pretty packed house here makes a big play and then Gabe Davis you wrote it he unguardable just continues to be you know do a little bit of everything for this offense uh the touchdown catch tonight was uh really good we'll talk about the cornerbacks and we, we didn't write too much about them we were kind of rushing but I wanted to get into them on the podcast but start with Gabe Davis and Cleo Shakir you know Matt I've done a lot of radio spots recently and there's always a question about Gabe Davis can he really be 
uh, the true number two receiver. Is he in line for a big season after that playoff mm-hmm. game against Houston? I said, yeah, buy all, I know I'm buying the Gabe Davis hype based on what we've seen at training camp. Uh, and that just continued tonight. It did not matter who they put on him, uh, whether it was Kyrie Elam, whether it was Dane Jackson. He was pretty much unguardable. He was making plays, scoring touchdowns. Uh, Might have been a two-point conversion as well during the return of the blue and red as well. Just looks like a monster out there on the field in terms of his size. He he doesn't have that breakaway speed, but he just knows how to get open. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's a solid route runner. He's doing all the right things, and you can just see the rapport that he has with Josh Allen. Reminds you a lot of Stefan Diggs a little bit early in his career, right? Not that top-end speed, not that like 40-yard uh, dash time that just blows your doors off, but he's somebody that gets open consistently, and to do that at this level, He's going to have to really rely on his quickness, his his burst, and I think nobody better that he than he, that he can learn from than Diggs. Davis, to me, it's it's interesting. Like, there's so much hype around him, and to your point, every show that we go on, that's the first thing that people ask about. Because from a fantasy perspective, yeah. you know, he's the guy that everybody's trying to figure out. Okay, if I buy the stock in in Davis, which you could buy it, but at what level are you buying it? Are you do you think he's going to be an elite number two? And he just continues to come out here against the secondary that number one has a, a first round pick in Kyrie Elam, who I think struggled a little bit tonight. Sure. I mean, it, it's you know that this was a big time moment for him. I think he's had some struggles at time at times during camp. And then Dane Jackson, who started games in this league, you know, Gabriel Davis most of the time is winning those matchups with either of those guys. And I don't know which way you want to look at it. Is it is it troubling from a sense of looking at the secondary and are you worried from that perspective or is it just something where Gabe Davis is kind of elevating himself into a different uh, category of receiver in this league? Yeah, and that's a fair argument. I think it's the latter category. Listen, the, the Bills brought him along the right way, Matt. He wasn't just thrown in the lineup. He's had some veterans to learn from. He had John Brown here. He's had last year at Emmanuel Sanders. And now this year, he is just ready for that number two role. There is no one to challenge him for it. You see his game has been brought along. Um, I, I think the Bills have one of the best wide receiver coaches in this entire league. And, mm. you know, credit to him as well, Chad Hall. Uh, but I think Gabe Davis is going to be one of those breakout superstars this year in fantasy football. And he's going to have quite the uh, production based on the chemistry that he just has with Josh Allen. Okay. And with Khalil Shakir, you know, who else we brought up? <laughs> he does not look like a day three pick. He does not look like a rookie out there. He's had a really strong training camp that continued here tonight. You mentioned the touchdown catch. It came on a back shoulder throw from Matt Barkley, a really nice adjustment. Yes, it was against a fringe cornerback on this team, but Shakir is just doing everything right so far. He's garnered praise from Josh Allen already. And tonight it was Deion Dawkins who was really praising him, uh, saying that. 10 is a 10, essentially. 10 is a 10. Uh, also, I have to give hand out another 10 to Josh Allen for the throwback uh, all red helmet uh, with the, what was it, the blue stripes yeah, in the middle? Two blue stripes. I know that was the one kind of complaint from fans that they wanted the white because the throwback, the true throwback is with the white. Sure. Uh, the Bills can't wear that specific helmet because um, with the color rush, there's something that goes on with the color rush. Sal Capaccio put out a tweet. I was reading it uh, briefly. Um, there's there's rules of, of which um, helmet you can wear when you th- wear a throwback versus the color rush. And there's all this stuff. I know a lot of fans have been kind of pining for that red uh, helmet. And this is a continuation of Josh Allen, a guy that completely just gets the fan base. And if you notice, especially recently, like this offseason into training camp, Allen has alluded a lot more to how much he kind of 
scopes out social media. I mean, he's on Twitter. He sees a lot of this stuff. And, you know, you've seen a lot of these over the last six or seven months, these uh, fan art um, posts that have, you know, Josh Allen dressed up in that throwback jersey with like the blue shirt or the blue jersey, the red helmet. Tonight he came out and he got like an unbelievable ovation. I think part of it was indeed about the, it was definitely Josh Allen. But seeing that helmet, I mean, the nostalgia of it for a lot of fans, I think, was pretty cool, especially in this environment. Yeah. And, you know, you, you just said it. he read the room all offseason when new helmets were revealed. Uh, you saw Bills fans saying, OK, reveal the Bills helmet next. They wanted that throwback helmet. It doesn't look like it's happening this year. But when Allen came out onto the field, uh, the, the crowd response was unbelievable. Then you had uh, the, the video go viral. Our friend Matt Beauvais posted a video very quickly, and it's taken off since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fans would like to see the helmet. I, I do think the Bills worded it where they said, this, you know, they can't wear it this year. Maybe it's something they can work on. 2023, 2024, maybe there's there's a workaround with that. But uh, it was clear that Alan liked the helmet. He wanted to wear it when it was taken away from him. He kind of gave the thumbs down to the equipment manager that switched <laughs> it out on him. Uh, but, yeah, he, he definitely got the crowd going early tonight. Yeah, I think the fans did want him to practice the whole time in the red, in the red helmet. Uh, and maybe it could be something like what we've seen earlier in camp with the kind of the scuffles and him taking a couple – Things. Maybe you want to put as much red on that guy as you can kind of find in <laughs> in the locker room. So uh, nobody touched up. But I will say tonight, first things first, the vibe of the practice, like they were thudding up a little bit, but I even think that it was dialed down. Sure. It definitely was advantage offense. I mean, they were not hitting. They were they were kind of running through the motions a little bit at times. I thought there was some pretty good uh, line play, uh, some good battles there, and that's where I want to go next. Greg Rousseau to me yeah. continues to pop. I talked about him on uh, Buffalo kickoff live at seven o'clock today. And Von Miller got a chance to kind of sit back and just watch like all the, the youngsters. All right. You've, you've got my tutelage here for a couple months, go out uh, young ones and show me what you can do. And I thought Greg Rousseau kind of took the baton and, you know, had himself a really good practice. And early on, he kind of set the tone, uh, had a sack early on working against David Questenberry, who's still in there at right tackle uh, in for Spencer Brown, who's, still not back in, in team drills. And so uh, Rousseau versus Questenberry, advantage group. I mean, it was he, he kind of manhandled him on a couple of occasions, one of them being a sack. I think the it's nice to have the referees out here because they blew the whistle. Um, he's continuing to just get so comfortable. And to do it without Miller on the field, that's one of the questions. Like, take Miller out of the situation, right? And if they would have gone into the season, and you don't have to imagine this now because they do have Miller, but – what would Rousseau be like in year two, right? And you got a chance to see him tonight as kind of the top dog on that line outside of Ed Oliver in terms of the defensive ends he really produced. Yeah, still had the gasoline and gunpowder in his system apparently because he was running around like a madman. <laughs> uh, did a great job against Questenberry, as you mentioned. So the Bills need one of those young defensive ends to take that leap this offseason, Matt. We, we know what Von Miller is going to bring to the table. I think we all agree that Ed Oliver uh, could potentially have a big year as well, the best season to date possibly. But if they can get one of those young pass rushers, Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Panessa, to have a breakout year, then this defense is going to be even better than one year ago because it was the line play that really struggled. They could get some pressures, but they couldn't get to the quarterback. It led to some shootouts last season. If they can get someone that can take that quarterback down opposite Von Miller. It's only going to benefit this team and, and uh, Rousseau so far is in the lead in terms of who that guy's going to be. 
Where do you want to go well, next? Speaking of really good, Ryan Bates back out there tonight, mm-hmm. Matt. Uh, the offensive line has been an issue all summer. There's been a lot of injuries have been very banged up along the offensive line. Uh, at one point, it was pretty much only Mitch, Mitch Morris among the starters who was out there. But now you have Deion Dawkins back. You have Mitch Morris. Now you have Ryan Bates. And I thought Bates had a really strong practice. Uh, you know what he's going to bring the offensive line needs to be somewhat healthy by week one. There's still questions about Roger Saffold and his status. He's been doing a little bit off to the side. Uh, what is the status of Spencer Brown? Is it going to be David Questenberry? The more of these starters that they can get ready, get them the reps that they need leading up to the regular season, uh, the better this team's going to be for it. I think that get like consistency is an interesting topic with this team because they haven't had a lot over the last couple right. of years. I mean, I feel like there's there's a revolving door. Dawkins kind of uh, alluded to that a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, when have I ever had somebody like consistently next to me? I mean, you play with Richie Incognito at the start of his career, and it's been like it's been a revolving door sure. at that spot for him. And tonight. I'm sure fans weren't thrilled to get to the stadium and see Bobby Hart running with the first team. There was actually one time where I, I noticed that him and Ed Oliver were having a little bit of an exchange. It didn't um, you know, evolve into any type of dust up, but I think Ed Oliver was just like, stay on your side. Like I think Bobby Hart was getting kind of maybe tired of getting beat. I mean, Ed Oliver has been beating everybody <laughs> in training camp, but yeah, to your point, getting Bates back out there, I think it'll help them a lot. I mean, I know that they're really hoping to get Saffle back get a look at what this thing is going to look like in the regular season. We, we're now two weeks into training camp. We've not seen the projected starting lineup. And there's there's real uncertainty now with Spencer Brown. I mean, we're at a point now where what's the timeline and where they feel comfortable getting him back out there and letting him kind of be in t- close to live football action. Are we going to see him in any preseason games? And if we get through the first preseason game and maybe the second preseason game, and we still don't see any Spencer Brown, I think you got to slot in David Questenberry as the likely right tackle. Yeah, he needs he needs reps. You can't just throw him in week one if he hasn't been out there in the preseason, if he hasn't been getting uh, what he needs. So maybe it is a scenario, though, where in one of the preseason games where most of the starters aren't playing, if Brown is ready to go, maybe the Bills do put him out there because he needs those reps. He needs to get on the field. Back injuries are, you know, nothing to rush with, especially when you're talking about a large uh, right tackle of his size, of his stature. So the Bills are being cautious about it. You have to trust the training staff, but you also can't come out here in week one and, and just throw him into the proverbial fire, Matt. Well, you know what you can throw into the per- proverbial fire? What's that? You know, good steak, a mm. couple burgers, a couple hot dogs. What's your favorite hot dog, by the way? Oh boy, Ooh. this could, this could. I like Schweigels, I do. Oh God, get out of here. Come on. Get out of here right now. <laughs> All right. The sizzle of the grill, popping open a refreshing drink, crowds cheering for your favorite team. These are the beautiful sounds of football season. We're almost there. And Tops is right there with you. From fresh meat to locally your own produce, Tops has everything you need and so much more. Where do you want to go next, Ryan? How about a little running back talk? I'd like to get to the running backs. I thought all three looked good. Yeah. Um, some people in the press box were not uh, happy with my assessment of Devin Singletary. Uh, he had basically one play today, but that one play was really good. I think it went for what, close to 30 yards? Yeah, he popped. Go back to last season in the game against, I believe it was Miami, right? Or was it Miami when he had the big 45 yard touchdown? He hasn't had a ton of explosive plays right. over the course of his career. So when that happens, it's, it's kind of eye popping. I, I, Listen, they're they're not tackling. 
So I'm sure that in, in a game situation, that play probably looks a little bit different. But I think that just the getty up, if you will, that I've seen from Devin Singletary and Zach Moss throughout training camp. There was one play in particular I wrote about it in observations where Moss took a, a you know a short dump off from Josh Allen and he kind of hit a second gear. And that's the kind of thing you want to see from Zach Moss, especially in the passing game. If those two guys can also participate in that part of the game with what they're hoping to get from James Cook, then I think you got something going. I'm really interested to see what this ends up looking like, though, because we're doesn't it feel like we're kind of on the path to what the problem was last year early in the season when they just had a lot of miles to feed in this, in this backfield? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assumption. Now, you would like to also think that the Bills are going to give Devin Singletary the first chance to really be that number one back uh, because of what he did at the end of the regular season because he's having a strong training camp. And, you know, you just mentioned it. Tonight, when he had that one play, he, he broke off a large run. Uh, Moss, though, to his credit, has stayed healthy. That's something that's been an issue. He was coming off of a serious ankle injury last year. I thought he looked pretty good on that pass play that you mentioned. Uh, and when it comes to James Cook, Cook had one explosive play, but he was obviously in with the reserves during that time. It's still encouraging that you're seeing all of the backs make plays when their number is called. I see in the comments here, running back by committee. I think the Bills would like to avoid that if possible. It's hard to really get someone going when you're splitting up those reps. Uh, so early on, I'm still anticipating the Devin Singletary show, uh, so to speak. But as the year goes on, I think there's going to be a bigger role for James Cook. And Zach Moss, he's having, I would say, the best summer he's had during his tenure with the Bills. So I think there's a role for him as well. There's a uh, there's runway still. Till we get to the season yes. and probably some snaps for all three of these guys. And so the, the real goal, probably if you're in the Zach Moss camp is stay healthy, Yeah, you know, keep everything kind of working. Don't miss any days of practice. I think that sustained availability for him is going, is going to give him the best chance to, ha- to be a factor on game days. Cause I think you're going to be in a situation where most game days I'm, assuming they're going to all be active in in different roles. I think that we've kind of seen some different things from James Cook already, some versatility and what they maybe can use him for that. He'll have a, he'll have a role. And I think with Zach Moss, listen, from a matchup perspective, some of these defenses that they're going to play, they're going to need Zach Moss in week one against the Rams with that defensive front. I know they don't have Von Miller anymore, but they got some, some hard hitters. I mean, they went out and got Bobby Wagner. He's going to probably be healthy at that point. He's going to be flying around trying to make, you know, an impact. They're probably going to want to be physical in that kind of game. And I think that that, that leans, I, Devin Singletary can play that style, but you, you, you've been out there at practice. Look at those guys in the warmup line. Zach Moss is built like a freight train. And I know the the big thing that was made when they drafted him was, I want to make people make business decisions. He's built that way. Now he's got to do it on a consistent basis while staying healthy. Yeah, you said it. there's a role for all three of them. There's a reason that you could see all of them being active. Uh, it, it's a matchup league, though, Matt. So there, there's going to be weeks where it's better to have James Cook out there for more reps as a pass catcher, as a rotation type of back with Devin Singletary. There might be games where you want to be more physical, and that's where uh, leans to Zach Moss. But the Bills also have Taiwan Jones, who doesn't you know line up as running back, but that's how he, you know his his position, so to speak. And they always like to have him for special teams play. They have Reggie Gilliam, who's their fullback, and a tight end hybrid of sorts. So it's going to be interesting on game days in terms of can you make these guys all active every week, or is it going to be one of them the odd man out based on the matchups? Value is your hometown team, just like the Buffalo Bills. Value home centers. Uh, And going on right now, it's your last chance to stock up on summer outdoor essentials. Shop outdoor furniture, 
patios, tables, grills, uh, garden tools, outdoor, outdoor uh, anything you need. They got you. They got the hookup. Go over to valuehomecenters.com right now, uh, and you can shop. And they got, the, they got their warehouse. You can you can shop there. They'll they'll ship it to the store close to you, so you can go pick it up. Very convenient. That's right. Store it away for next year because obviously, you know, we only have so many summer months here in Western New York. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, next, I want to go to this secondary. Yes. Uh, a couple of nuggets here from this practice. We didn't write about them. That's why we always tell you, go read the articles, but come to the podcast because there's going to be a little bit extra. I want to talk about three guys in particular, and then we can kind of move to an overview of this secondary now with the uncertainty around Jordan Poyer for uh, availability for week one. Number one, Kyer Elam and Dane Jackson. I've said multiple times that I think Dane Jackson has been what Dane Jackson has been. I think he's been fine. I think he's had some moments where he's struggled and he's had, and he's made a couple of good plays at times. Uh, I thought he struggled quite a bit tonight and I thought Kyrie Elam did as well. Yeah. And I think that if you're looking at this situation, like we mentioned, it's, you know, uh, it's a practice that's geared towards the offense, but I think you want to see knowing that, you know, there's still uncertainty around Trey White. You want to see these two young guys come in here and maybe make a couple of plays. That didn't happen tonight. How concerned are you? Let's start with the cornerbacks there of where they're at. And do you think that it's just something where maybe they need game reps to where they get a little bit more comfortable playing with each other? And how much is the Micah High jordan Poyer situation affecting those two players not having those two guys back there regularly? Hyde missed some time, now, now Poyer. I think actually the, the Poyer factor is actually really important to consider because Poyer and Hyde are two guys that are always going to make sure you're in the right position. And I think that on one, on Gabe's first touchdown, uh, one of the defenders was out of position on the play. And if Poyer had been in there, I think he would have said, hey, you need to move over here. Mm-hmm. You need you need to be in the right spot. That's something that really helps this defense is having those two veterans at safety that know the ins and outs of this playbook that can make sure you're lined up properly, that can kind of maybe mask some of the deficiencies you might have at cornerback because we don't know Trey White's status coming into week one. We know that he's on schedule. We just don't know what that schedule is in right. terms of coming back. We've seen him doing some drills. Uh, so it's very possible that Elam and Dane Jackson will be your starting cornerbacks come week one. And you, you better hope that you have Poyer and Hyde out there. Both of them at times this camp have made some plays on ball, balls. Uh, we, we've talked about Elam being very physical but they're also young cornerbacks that are prone to make mistakes. And, and come week one, you're going against guys like Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Jefferson's status is a little iffy for that game. He might not be out there, but that's a tall task. So, you, you one, you better hope that Jordan Poyer is ready to go. Uh, and two, it, you know, if Trey White's schedule involves him possibly being out there week one, the Bills will be all the better for it. So that way they could have jackson and elon maybe rotating as cornerback too you know what you have in taron johnson but yeah there's definitely some concern i think matt yeah there's definitely some concern and i think that one of the things that they'll benefit from is that front and you know if they're if they're healthy if they're operating the way that you expect them to 
that's going to take some pressure off them. One thing I will note though, like DeMar Hamlin, he's had, he's been a little bit up and down was today, you know, was a little bit late uh, on one play uh, where I think he could have, uh, you know, had an answer for, I think it was, I can't remember. I think it was the Shakir touchdown. He didn't get over quick enough to provide that back end help. Uh, but then there was another play where Allen was kind of looking for digs over the middle and he quickly got into the lane and, and um, batted it down. And I was watching him during warmups. Dude, this dude is crazy athletic. Like I didn't really realize how athletic he was. I mean, if his, his combine numbers didn't blow, blow you away, but he made one, like a, like a one handed catch on the sideline. Like when they were warming up, I was like, where did that come from? I, that's not something that I really pegged in DeMar Hamlin's game. So it looks like he's taken the time over the last two years to really up well, a little over a year to really up the athleticism factor in his game. That could be a really important thing. And if Hyde's ready and Poyer's not, I do think that there's a bit of a competition there for who the safety is going to be. We've seen at times we've seen more Johnson at times we've seen more Hamlin. I think when we get to these games, pay attention to those safeties because I think that that job's up for grabs. If Poyer's not ready or something else happens with Hyde. Yeah, the, the preseason games coming up are going to be huge for those two players because there's going to be ups and downs for both guys. Uh, when you have Hyde and you have Poyer, there's a lot of reps that those two guys have not been getting because in the regular season, you're not going to get those two off the field very mm-hmm. often. Uh, practice reps are practice reps. So right now in the preseason, these guys could be potentially fighting for one job. You've mentioned it. Training camp, sometimes they're rotating series. Sometimes we've seen one guy over the other. Uh, so with Hamlin, there was one mistake where he didn't get over in time, but he also made a good play on a ball. What are they going to do when you're going against teams that are not the Bills, teams that are, are going to be um, you know, trying to get their offenses going here in the preseason? So as you mentioned, something to certainly watch. Maybe the number one thing to watch in terms of uh, th- this potential starting lineup come week one. Uh, I saw this at the beginning of the show, and i uh, got to get it up there now for Mark. Uh, I really want to know about Cook. You've had you've been at three practices now. Um, you got a chance to see him out here tonight. What is your projection for James Cook? Has it changed from right before training camp to now? Is it about the same as, as you thought it would be going in? Has seeing him live and in person changed it at all for you? It, it hasn't. I, I think with the backs that the Bills already have, there's not necessarily a rush to get him out there in terms of a high snap count. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a role for him getting him out there a few times per game. You can use him out of the backfield, obviously, but you can also use him as, as a wide receiver of sorts. You can line him up out wide. You can put him in the backfield and then push him out at the start of the play, whatever the case may be. Uh, but the Bills don't usually rush rookies onto the field unless there's an absolute need for it. The Trey White, the Tremaine Edmonds, uh, and, and a few others maybe. But with with Cook, you can ease him into this lineup, give him a few reps here and there. And then if he does a good job with those reps, Matt, I think by midseason, by the bye week, that's when you start seeing his role grow a little bit. Um, but no, I, I don't think my expectations have changed for him. What about you? It hasn't. Um, one thing I'm wondering, and I, I don't know if the Bills will use them and we like this, we haven't really gotten any hints about it. But one of the things I thought going into training camp was maybe he can, it's not even something I really talked a lot about, but maybe he's, it, they can do a little bit more gadgety stuff with him, right? But I don't know, the more that we've seen him out at practice, if he fits that mold. I mean, he is more of a running back than I think we anybody wanted to talk about when they drafted him. I, you know, his his vision at times, and I know it's limited because we've only been able to watch, you know, mostly non-padded practices. It's, it's jumped out at me a little bit. It's, he's been more of a 
ready to go running back than I anticipated when I read a lot of the draft stuff on him. So I think now getting a chance to see him in person, it has changed a little bit. I think if he could stay healthy, and that's always the thing with these running backs, like, you know, if he gets dinged up, like if you notice, he's had, he's been wearing the last couple of days some type of brace on his left arm. Mm. So maybe he kind of like got hit. I know on the Jordan Poyer played, him and Cook kind of bashed, collided yeah. a little bit. That might have been an injury. So he's got to stay healthy. But I think it's about what is what can Ken Dorsey, what can uh, Kelly Skipper and Sean McDermott imagine for him in this offense? I know he was working with the receivers the other day, just in a little bit of warm-up stuff, running through some some uh, some pre-team work drills. That's something I've never seen before with a, with a running back. Now it was Duke Johnson, Raheem Blackshear. It wasn't just James Cook. But I will be interested to see how do they deploy him? And is it something like, do we get to game one and he's in a timeshare with Devin Singletary or Zach, Zach Moss or the three of them? I don't know. It's it's really hard to peg. And I don't think they're going to tip their hand before we get to the season because I don't think they want people to be able to prepare for it. No, I think that's perfectly said. It's up to the Bills to create these potential mismatches. Look at the personnel that a defense is going to most likely roll out against you. Uh, if you think there's something there, then maybe those are games where he plays a higher snap count, Matt. And uh, whether that's purely out of the backfield as a runner, maybe if that is uh, lining him up as a receiver, you it's up to Ken Dorsey now to say, okay, I think he could be an X factor in this game. I think we can create a mismatch against this player, player X, Y, or Z, whoever that might be. Um, so it, it's going to be a fun challenge for Ken Dorsey, but it's a good challenge when you have weapons like this that you can utilize. All right. What do you, what do you want to go next? Well, I did see something in the chat, Matt, about Puntapalooza and oh, the punter yes. battle yes. Uh, early on it. Before the actual 11-on-11s took place, uh, both of the punters were just getting some kicks. And I was actually really impressed with a few of Matt Arise's punts that he had uh, two or three in a row that uh, booming kicks. One that I think went over 75, if I remember right. correctly. Um, some that, you know, maybe the hang time wasn't quite what it needed to be. But if you're making someone go back that far on the field, that's something that you have to evaluate as well. Some of which uh, bounced out within, I want to say within the five. So he had some really good punts tonight that I noticed early on. Yeah. I was really impressed with uh, Matt Ariza seeing him in the building, you know, deal. It wasn't super windy out there, but there was times when there was like, you know, a couple uh, nice, nice little breeze, but it reminded me a lot of watching Matt Hawk punt in this building last year, right? He looked like the same guy. And, Arises upside as a kicker in the elements, just thinking about that kind of power. I know hang time is really important, but I think dealing with the elements, if you can eliminate some of those ducks that Matt Hawk had last year, I think the, the upside of that is huge. And he's, he remains perfect as a holder again yeah, tonight. Just going to mention that every time Tyler Bass had a field goal attempt tonight, I think I saw all of them. It was pitcher perfect. I mean, the guy hasn't even had, like a minor incident with one hold. And after the spring where it almost felt like they were keeping it from us, right? Because we didn't see him in any of the open media portions. Now, since we've gotten a chance to see him, he's been pretty much perfect. And I'm pretty confident it was Nick Novak that he's been working with. Uh, some of the video clips that we saw after the draft, he, he looked like he was perfectly fine holding the ball. But you're right, the Bills almost kind of hit it. You didn't get to see him out there. But every time he's had the opportunity at camp tonight, he's been perfect holding the ball. That's been one of the biggest 
Uh, I don't want to say a concern, but biggest question marks about his game. Can he be the holder? So far, so good. Uh, and I've said it a few times, man, all things considered, if all things are close, you're going to go with the young guy. Right. You're going to go with Ariza, bigger leg, especially with those conditions that the Bills will most likely see November, December, January. So many people watching right now. These numbers are are wild. I mean, Friday night, like scrimmage, scrimmage, 36,000 <laughs> in the building. Um, couple updates, uh, just random Terrell Bernard tonight, uh, near interception, near, yeah. right? Of Allen. Allen. Yeah. He, That's he, noteworthy. Good coverage across the middle. Uh, I thought he actually should have come up with the ball. It's kind of bounced off of him, but he moves really well, Matt. You can see why the bills liked him, why he was on their, their list in the, on day two of the draft. I like the movement skills. I like the potential talent there. And he, I could see him getting playing time this year based on what we've seen from Matt Milano in his history, his career. He's missed a few games here and there. I think the Bills feel like he could come in uh, and mind you, not at the same level, but come in and play same similar uh, type of skill set. It feels to me like Dotson will wind up being Edmonds' yeah. primary backup and Bernard will be Milano's because I think that they have a different enough game. And I'm not limiting Bernard in that he's not able to do what Edmonds does at some point. Really smart guy. That's what they've talked about. Uh, but I think just seeing all those different things, Dotson was kind of a unicorn in that way for an undrafted guy, the way that they were so comfortable with him as a rookie doing that. I don't necessarily see that being the case for Bernard, but we haven't seen it. So maybe that is something that's going to be in his repertoire. We'll see. But to your point, the way he flies around, we talked about Balin Spector the other day. He made a couple plays as well. Not tonight. Uh, in practice yesterday, they got a lot to look at in this linebacker room with, with Andre Smith missing the first, you know, six weeks of the season, you probably can move on from Spectre and then get him back on your roster. But you know, Bernard's going to be a lock. Dotson's going to be a lock. And I think that they really like what they're seeing from both of those guys and the confidence now that, you know, AJ Klein, it's interesting. All these, those guys that they, they gave up on last year or like in the off season, moved on from uh, Daryl Williams, Cole Beasley, uh, AJ Klein, still on the free agent yeah. market. And the Bills have not been hustling or trying to get them back on a lower number. I think they're pretty happy with the linebacker depth and the young guys they have in that room. Uh, and I think that's fair. And uh, among those names that you mentioned, you, you know, the only one that really would make sense would be Daryl Williams, based on how banged up they were on the offensive line. Beasley supposedly drawing interest elsewhere, but you're right. No need for those guys. The linebacker depth, I think they they believe is very solid. Uh, in, in addition to making plays against like Josh Allen tonight, the near interception, uh, I anticipate that you're going to see Bernard also play a role on special teams, a pretty sizable role as a rookie, as they get him more acclimated to this defense as well. Celebrating your child's first birthday party having a holiday feast, uh, watching some Sunday football, or maybe just having a backyard barbecue. From those to every meal in between, Tops is proud to have been at your table for the past 60 years and look forward to 60 more. Absolutely. They have everything you need, Bill's Mafia, including – wide variety of potatoes we talked about a lot of potatoes tonight scallop potatoes not on my top three but they have everything you need head to tops do we want to open this this door <laughs> we do not want to open we this don't want store. to open this door we don't need to open this i will store. i will provide one take on, on potatoes right. okay um waffle fries really interesting conversation piece because waffle fries in their best form are elite like a, a good crispy waffle fry i've had plenty of chick-fil-a waffle fries oh, yeah when done right are great undercooked at all. They're not even top 20. I just mm. throw them. I throw them right out. Big fan of the curly Q fries. I do agree with Matt Bovey on that front. Uh, sweet potato fries. I got to be honest with you. 
at one time, big fan. They've really fallen off yeah, for me as I've gotten no, older. I'm not. Because you know mm-hmm. why? Again, those have to be cooked perfectly. And you need to mask them with honey. You need to mix them. Do you not do honey with them? I do, but it's not necessary. Okay. Like if it's a good sweet potato fry, I can eat it that way. But I do appreciate the, you know, a little honey drizzle. The only thing that really bothered me tonight is I didn't think steak fries got enough love. I think a good steak fry. Again, again, if that's like wet in the middle, not good. And that happens a lot with steak fries. <laughs> <laughs> I have not experienced a wet steak fry, I suppose, but I, I'm a fan. Well, of- if you get it with steak. And like the juice is running, okay. you, you know me with the with the food touching, okay? Yeah, no touching. He needs you, they the separators. Can, they can touch, but like if if your fries get soggy, not about it. And if you get takeout steak up steak fries, maybe that's what I'm envisioning. Boom! If it's in a if it's in a box with other stuff, it's gonna go poorly. Fair all right. enough. All right, that's a, that's enough. All right, <laughs> uh, steak fries with gravy. All right, Ooh, Scott, okay. I like it. Some hot takes in the comments. Very good. Terrible. John, I'm disappointed. What do you say? Steak fries are terrible. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. I don't like them either. <sighs> All right. For Ryan Talbot, uh, I'm Matt Perino from Highmark Stadium. Uh, we will be back here uh, next week. I will be back here next week. You're not coming for the for the preseason game, are you? I was actually thinking about it. Maybe I will. I'd prefer you do. Because, okay. uh, you know, maybe we'll bring light. We'll be, we'll be a little less yellow. Uh, we'll brighten up the place a little bit. Here we go. I want one of these days we should go back and do it on the field. We used to do them on the field. Remember yeah, that? That That'd was That'd be fun. fun if we could figure that out. Slow backdrop. The lights are off tonight, so we couldn't really do it tonight. But. No. All right. We're out of here. Take care, everybody. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.